0: Right, a slimmed down version of this week's Talking Points. We will start with the fixture list, which still hasn't appeared. And we're now pretty much into, into October, and people need to start planning, Claire, Dan. Is this a, a worrisome issue for trainers, or not so much?
1: I think what's frustrating is you've got a bunch of people administering the sport, and with the greatest respect... You know, we actually kind of need to have some idea of what a fixture list might look like for the future. We're making decisions right now on horses' futures. You know, the next two weeks, 2,000 yearlings are going to change hands in Newmarket. And two two weeks later, another sort of 1,700 horses in training are going to change hands. And how do you know if there's going to be loads less Class 2 handicaps at the top end, you know, they're going to be harder to win. So maybe we're better off loading some of those horses and, you know, trying a different strategy. But... You know, without seeing that, you know the, the, those kind of decisions affect businesses in the long run. And I, I find with all of these debates and all of these changes that people want to make, yes, we need innovation, we need change. I'm, I completely support that. But okay, let's say right in two years' time, this is where we're going to do. Let's let's come up with something really effective and give it a go. But give us some warning of what's coming, so that you know. And you see it all the time. You see, you see you you see the sort of innovative race ideas get drummed up, you know, for the all-weather in January. Well, if I know that they're there now, I'll I'll hold some horses back for them. But if we don't know yet, what do we do? Do we keep racing the horses or do we give them a break now and all the rest of it? And they don't seem to understand that a horse isn't something you can just turn on and turn off.
0: And this is where you guys can help, isn't it? This is where you can say, look, this is our experience. Please consider what we're doing and it I suppose from a from a horse person's point of view and for people who work with the, with the thoroughbreds it's not just about um, the the mechanics of training it's about you know, planning your whole business
2: yeah I mean first and foremost is the horse and as Dan said you can't keep them going the whole time they do need holidays just like no. we do um, and decision important decisions get made towards the end of the year for owners about whether they willing to keep their horse or not willing um, I mean I thought it was amazing, Trigoni's got black type this year, You know she's been kept and developed up the handicap and she's had those racing league races with great prize money to give them reason yeah. to keep her, let her keep developing, get stronger and as a five year old get that black type. Um, you know Horses aren't machines and they do take time to s- strengthen, develop, mature. Um, Yeah, the consultation is important from the BHA um, and the people involved. And I appreciate there's a lot of factors to take into account. Um, So it's not easy. I I appreciate that. But certainly, the voices on the ground do need to be heard and respected. And as Dan said, maybe plan for a a two years' time Mm. rather than saying, we're doing it next year. It's knee-jerk reaction, tough luck. It's just going to be what it is um, without really appreciating the impacts.
0: We need to see that, uh, that fixture list sooner rather than later. Uh, the wrong horse turned up at Killarney?
3: Yes, first past the post was disqualified um, because it was just the wrong horse. Older stable mate ran in her place. I mean, ha- how? That's the question. We've been, had a lot of talk about data and technology and all the rest of it. It's and not the thinking, first time either. It's certainly not the first time, and these you, the instinct is to say these things happen, but then you do have to think, well, how are they still able to happen when you're able to scan horses when they arrive to the yard, but it's big yards, Aidan O'Brien will remember. He won't want to remember, but it does happen. Yeah, Mother Earth and Snowfall, you know, they, they, they ended up being OK. There's egg on the face, but you've got to think, start to look at those processes and, and try and nip this in the bud.
0: Am I being very thick? Every horse is chipped, right? Yeah. So why isn't every horse just scanned into the, into the
2: paddock? So in England that now happens. Yeah. yeah. So as you leave the paddock to go into the parade ring, Uh you get scanned. And that happened
0: on the the back of the Mother Earth snowfall thing, Mm. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, isn't it just a very easy
1: thing to solve? I think so. I mean, I I don't know enough about racing in Ireland. We've we've only had a couple of runners there, so I wouldn't. Okay, but but from from (laughs) your... We knew we took the right horse as well.
0: (laughs) From from your point of view, and I I don't kind of want to do there but for the grace of God, but (laughs) actually, how difficult is it to take the wrong horse to the races? I would think it's
1: pretty difficult but I I can see in a very big yard where you've got lots of staff and you've maybe got different teams of people working with different horses then you know you you can see how these situations arise I think you know if you've got you know someone who does the travelling and and they're they're travelling three or four days a week they're not going to know what one horse looks like from another horse when Mm. there's 200 bay horses in the yard you know you can sort of understand that but even there, you would think that you can introduce, you know, you can have a microchip scanner in the yard yeah. to check.
0: It so. was definitely Astro King in one of the Cambridge shores. <laughs> <laughs> right, photograph issues. If you thought that was, um, that was the most uh, bizarre cock up of the week, think again at Warwick, the photo finish technology didn't work. And it seems, Jonathan, as though um, the trainer of the horse who finished second is considering appealing this on the basis that there is no official photograph print.
3: Yeah, that was the certainly the the suggestion at the beginning of the week. Oh, I and mean, this is in, Martin Keithley. M- Martin Keithley. Yeah. yeah. In the aftermath of the incident, he quite rightly says, "Well, we've missed out by, or we've been judged to have missed out by a short head." But it's a fairly inexact science when those cameras aren't working. And again, these things happen. Technology fails. But you'd you'd like to think, or you'd assume he has certainly has grounds to say. I'm not sure how you've reached that verdict, given you haven't got the necessary technology to to have reached it quite so conclusively.
0: Um, yes, it
3: is. It is a weird one. What would you do if that was you? I mean, I
0: I'm pretty sure he's finished second, but the photo hasn't worked. Would you hold the authority up to the light and say you've got this wrong? So therefore. I'm going to come after you.
2: Yeah, I mean, emotions can run high, particularly in photo finishes. Um, I think if I saw we would definitely be, I would accept, would definitely be. (laughs) One thing I've learned is you do have to be, (laughs) accept sometimes that you do come second, as with Astro King uh, in the the John Smith Cup. That was a hard one to take.
0: How difficult was that day or that drive back?
2: It's tough because it just meant the horse was back to form. He ran phenomenally, he showed a level of toughness that you know people could have questioned over the years. After the line he'd won, he acted like he'd won afterwards, he was so proud of himself. And just so nice for Amy as well to win with her owners, so there was a lot of emotions. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think actually made it easier that it was, you know, kind of... Amy's probably in a similar phase of her career as we are and kind of, you know, we've... You know, we know. Her a little, we wouldn't say we know her well, but you know, like it, kind of, it meant so much to her that, you know, I think, you know, with all, with all respects to perhaps John Gosden or William Haggis, if it had been one of them, it might have been a bit harder to take because you know, they they've done it and been there before. I think there's something about that I, that made it easier. The other thing that made it much easier for me is I watched it and I was like, well, we've eaten. I was fairly adamant we were second, and that was only when I saw the photo that
0: how realistic we got. <laughs> I can see you living every bit of this all over again. <laughs> so, It'll, it may, that might even be seared in, it, it, into your brain m- more. Um, more aggressively than yesterday's win, I feel. Well,
1: we had this, like, experience... They take you off to this, like, sort of placed connections room, which I suppose is quite often, you know, everyone's great and all the rest of it. And they L- have the losers, race... Loser's lounge. Loser's the lottery, lounge, yeah. the, the race on loop. And, you know, you have to watch it, like, 15 times because they're giving you champagne and you can't say no and, you know, all the owners are there. And, sort of, and you kind of try and come up with this philosophy, well, we we, we got 50 grand for finishing second. It's not that bad.
0: It's not- yes, it is. <laughs> that was a tough one.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. I can understand the frustrations of the connections here though, you know, the BHA put a lot of penalties in place for trainers, jockeys for slightest mistakes sometimes, you know, that aren't intentional and human error and when it happens in reverse, there is definitely a feeling um, that there are no kind of repercussions or... How do we make the, it more accountable, and how do we change it so it doesn't happen again?
0: I'm glad you've dragged us back on point. Is this is this kind of a microcosm of what it's like in the in the House? <laughs> he goes off on this kind of wild tangent, and then and then you kind of like no, bring it back. <laughs> uh, at times, okay. <laughs> um, on we go. Uh, there is a, a rumbling, ongoing dispute uh, over a horse called George Gently. This has been going on for for some years now, uh, and there was a, a, a case brought. Uh, a civil case brought by one of the owners of that horse, uh, Tony Holt, against uh, Dan Skelton, the trainer Dan Skelton and an associates, which has been settled out of court. So that's been settled and done. But Jonathan, this week, uh, said owner has urged the BHA to get on with their own investigation, which has kind of been bubbling under, and that was really the the reason why he 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 took the court action in the first instance, which has now been settled.
3: Yeah, it's one of those that, and ongoing is the key word here, and the longer these things are ongoing, the more damage I think they probably cause to people's reputation, rightly or wrongly, because it's all, you know, he said, she said at at this point. Uh, They've obviously settled uh, privately, but in terms of the BHA investigation, we don't have a conclusion there. It has been rumbling on for a long time. The BHA, I'm sure, would contend they were waiting for those civil proceedings to end, so they've got all the facts, et cetera, et cetera, and you take that point, but... The owner, quite rightly, I think, is after a, a conclusion here. I'm sure Dan Skelton similarly would like to, to put this entire situation behind them. The BHA hopefully will now get this to where it needs to be because the longer these things go on, the worse they become.
0: We do, we do talk quite often on this programme and elsewhere about how slowly the wheels of justice seem to turn in uh, in our sports administrative body. Is it is it a fair criticism, Claire, or not, do you think?
2: Um, I think it's tough for the VHA. They're always going to be on the receiving end, probably, of the criticism rather than you're not mm. going to turn around to your regulator and frequently praise them. Um, accountability is important. You know, who is holding them to account, I guess? Um, but I also appreciate funding for racing as a whole is a concern. And... They are funded by racing, and maybe the funds aren't enough to ensure they've got adequate personnel to ensure expediency or process. Mm. And, uh, it's hard to comment without really knowing the ins and outs of how it's run.: um, but, but yeah
0: Yeah, but you'd probably be better placed than, than, than quite a lot of people. Um, riding a dream, this is the um, academy, yes. Jonathan, which has had some pretty good news this week.
3: Yeah, so the Riding a Dream Academy, uh, set up by Naomi Lawson, Ollie Bell and Khadija Mella, is trying to get people from more diverse backgrounds, young people, into racing through a series of residentials and courses uh, at the British Racing School, they visit yards. It's really a a 101 of the racing industry for people who might not have been exposed to horses, let alone the racing Mm -hmm. industry. So it's this brilliant initiative that's been set up, it's had its second year review And recorded a 281% increase in engagement, which is absolutely fantastic news. Um, A lot of those people, I believe, around 70%, I might be corrected on this, but around 70% from uh, diverse backgrounds. So it's just one of those where there isn't a huge amount of debate around it. I think it's doing a, a massive amount of good. And there are staffing issues in the sport. There are diversity issues, I would contend so this is hopefully doing a lot of good work and soon we'll see a lot of those young people come I mean, through in yards and we might have jockeys, we might have trainers, it, it can only be good news. I mean, Dan, this must be music to your ears, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the, the facts are that the, the sort of NTF did a survey and identified this to you know, a couple of thousand vacancies and I think stud farms have got an equally, if not bigger, problem and, you know, we need more young people coming into this sport and, you know, we need them pretty quickly and anything like this that we can do to to get more people involved and more people to see our sport because the reality is fewer and fewer people everywhere in society have contact with horses and that early introduction to horses and I think it is a very important pathway for people to come into the sport and you know this is a fantastic initiative and I think the points around diversity are very important because diversity brings different ways of thinking, different ideas Mm. and the more of that that we can have at the table the better for the sport in the long term as well.
0: And of course you'll then, by by its very nature, you are then increasing your, increasing your fan base and increasing your, your audience. Um, Claire, we often on this programme talk about staffing issues. How well are you staffed at the moment?
2: Uh, yeah, we're really well staffed, um, but we've put a lot of effort and mm. work into it from day one when we started training. It was really just an important thing for us, for people to enjoy their job, develop throughout their career. Um, you know, and if someone isn't on the right pathway, they might be for five years, and if they want to seek alternative employment, you, we encourage it. You know, yeah. ultimately, you've got to enjoy what you do. Um, but initiatives like this, Naomi and Khadija, are such inspiring people, and opening those doors, uh, you know, racing. We are a closed community, which is great, but then also we can be quite hard to break into yeah. as well with the terminology and... You know, just the becoming a trainer—it's—it's not easy, and you need support. Um, So it's trying to find new ways to have opportunities, uh, and it's great to hear people talking about it and doing stuff.
0: And you've been quite heavily involved in the British Racing School. Down the years as well how much sort of personal satisfaction did you get out of that
2: yeah um i joined because i just really wanted to kind of put back and try and just increase the amount of awareness of you know there's lots of great initiatives out there but i just feel sometimes we're not very good at marketing it and telling everyone about it to make sure the uptake is at its best um yeah it's been great and seeing people i mean what they do actually at the school is phenomenal Mm. like it's it's so inspiring um you know we've Taken someone on, and you know she's never ridden before, and she's been there 16 weeks, and now you know she just did a first swing Canter the other day, and she's only been with us five weeks. I Lovely. mean, the trajectory she's on, mm. is, you know, is impressive. Um, and then Dan's joined the people board now as well, mm. so hopefully, you know, keep that momentum going. And
0: and that meant you joined the people board. That meant you had to stop
2: yeah i think the conflict of interest so i've just um handed in my notice (laughs) at the rich racing school but i you know it frees me up to go do other stuff but and yeah it's nice that dan you know dan cares so much and has a lot of fresh ideas to bring to the table so good excellent
0: um let's move on to our final talking point which is uh, the fact that you can now bet into the french pools this afternoon if you want to have a bet in the arc and the supporting races you can bet into the PMU, Jonathan, which theoretically should be better if you are backing British trained horses, or it often is anyway.
3: Theoretically, I mean, finding the winner of the arc is going to be a little bit difficult, so I don't know how, is it? how much... Well, perhaps <laughs> we'll not. Maybe, a <laughs> maybe you've got the winner. Um, look, it's good news for punters, isn't it, that they can sort of test their expertise against the French counterparts. It's another avenue for those sort of exotic bets as well. I mean, the racing world's getting smaller and smaller, um, and there is this I would suggest a greater interest in the international racing and British horses going abroad. So the fact that you can meaningfully get involved with that through deals like this has to be good news. And of course Astro King's going to fly the flag in in Bahrain (laughs)
0: Uh, and beyond maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Is is racing across the globe something you guys want to do more of?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, because increasingly it's becoming a... You know, if you, you know, naturally you want to compete at the highest level, and increasingly that sort of, those big international fixtures mm. and the ability to prove that you can prepare a horse to that level and compete at that level is something mm. that's you know is interesting. You you want to keep climbing and compete, I think,
0: and especially as you were saying, Claire, earlier on, yeah, Australia, Japan, you. Were, Obviously, places you admire enormously for what they're doing in taking the sport forward.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I think racing its such a huge selling point, is that we are international. Uh, when we travelled to California and worked out there, just the way people are so welcoming um, and, yeah, the initiatives people are doing with different races, yeah, you just want to go out and compete in them. <laughs>
0: yeah, so that is this afternoon. Uh, paris Longchamp, you can bet into the, into the French pools through the PMU and the Tote. And those were this week's Talking Points.